Welcome back to Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. I only have this in one ear, so I'm going to be thrown off the whole time. It's Kevin. I'm looking at Paul live here. Looking at me live. And by you got to clarify what you mean by you only have this in one ear. What he is referring to is he has, a, he has a dildo. Well, yeah, but also audio. Oh, oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ear. Just because the dildo's in one ear <laughs> and I only have audio in one ear doesn't mean I don't have audio in one ear. And the dildo he's referring to is me. Not really. Although I did mess with you. You were on with Shirts and Skins on 104.9 with Trey Elling, one of my best friends. Good guy. You're friends with him. And uh, you did a good job, man. And not that I didn't expect anything else, but you did blow yourself, too, which was Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Kevin starts it off with, you did a good job, man. But here's the text he wrote me. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, <laughs> Stop blowing yourself, smiley face. For, first of all, Kevin texting me a smiley face you is know, problematic. You know that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, uh, I called out Westlake, and that, that offended Kevin. He got upset. Yeah, I forgot why. It was probably rightfully so. Battleship. Oh, Battleship. Okay. So we, I was talking about Todd Orlando. I'd made the comparison that his play calling was like gridiron Battleship, right? I-9, B-4. He's just randomly throwing out combinations hoping to get a hit, right? And, and then so I you said, somehow mix that into the LBJ issue in the late 80s. No, and I don't no, know. no, I, no. I don't know how they got into Battleship. No, no, no. I said, you know, AISD kids had regular Battleship, right? Westlake kids had electronic Battleship. Right. With all the noises and the explosions and the, and the effects. Because that was an extra $10, which was big money back in the day. It was, but I shopped at the same Toys R Us right here off Ben White that you did. R.I.P. And, and I was, yeah, it really is R.I.P. Dart Bowl R.I.P. Dart Bowl R.I.P. Yeah, I uh, stopped dart, the entire lanes in Dart Bowl one time when I was about five when I stuck my head, my hand in the uh, the uh, ball deliver thing and the ball got Are you stuck. Serious? Yeah, they wow. had to shut down the lanes. I was not, I was not a popular kid. Was that with an enchilada? Their enchiladas were good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I saw some people. It's funny. I usually don't go to a bowling alley for the cuisine, but yeah. No, but usually you're nostalgic about a place, especially if it's nostalgia, like we're talking about. And you go, I gotta tell you, the food was. And I saw people last night doing that, and their replies were, oh, "The food was." It's like relax. Eh. Yeah, this wasn't. This was not Le Bernadon. Well, you know, so people were doing. I was all upset that Threadgill's closed, and people said, "Eh, they kind of been slipping the last couple of years." So maybe, yeah, maybe I missed out on that. Enchilada Zimas, which apparently is back. Ah, well, that's nice. I would say the same thing about all the Maudis except for two. Ah, uh, where if they left, I'd be like, "Well, you know, they should have gotten their stuff together." Yeah, I've never been a Maudis guy. Really? No, not really. Lake Austin, South Lamar, those are the two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was never in Triangle, which I live near. The one on 360 was not great. And I'm pointing Oh, to, God, it was awful. By the way, we're on 360, and I just pointed behind you did. to the road that's directly in front you of me. You know that thing, Davenport, near the Roy Roy <laughs> thing? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I, I, I know, Paul. All right. Well, how are you? I'm good, man. Good to good, see you. Good to be here. Good to be in Austin. I bet uh, you guys just closed down what a day or two ago. Um, probably. Yeah, I you don't. I mean, I keep up with it. I live my life, man. I don't. I don't follow the edicts at the moment from Gavin Newsom. I'm still gonna go do my sneaky chin ups at midnight. Well, you should, cause he's a quality guy. <laughs> he's a high quality individual, and I mean that with no politics involved. At I, all. I filled Kevin in on some interesting Gavin Newsom oh stories God. from when he was mayor of San Francisco, which I suspected, but reading up on it as you did, I thought, oh my God, it's funny how certain media, if you're, if you're, I'd say this, in the right, or on their thinking, they will close stuff down nationally. Yeah. And yeah. I never got that. 
Yeah, yeah. I suspected it looking at him. Yeah, Gavin's a greaseball. But, uh, That's kind of what I figured. He's an effective politician. I'll, I'll, I'll share some of those stories some other time when we're not pressed for time. But you shouldn't be pressed for time with Gabe Winslow, our buddy. He and his mortgage team are ready to make you an amazing deal. Interest rates are at an all-time low. If you are in the market either for a new house or you just want to refi your house and get some money in your pocket, get some cash out of your house, this is an amazing time to do it. Give Gabe a call at 832-557-1095. You mention everyone gets a trophy or Irish needs not apply, which was our promo code last week yeah. based on your stories. You mention anything. Uh, or mix no need apply. Anything racist against the Irish Don't people. Don't put the other thing in there that my grandfather had. Yeah, that's a good point. Leave out the other, other uh, derogatory comment. But anything uh, related to the podcast, you mention it to Gabe. He's going to give you $500 off a of closing, and he's going to beat any offer that you currently have. So if you have an offer, if you're in the market, and you don't at least shop it to Gabe and allow him to try to beat it, you're not doing business very well, and we want you to do business well. So give Gabe a call at 832-557-1095. Put 500 bucks in your pocket, get the best bid possible, and get white glove service. That's all I got. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. No, you really have. I mean, you have you're you're, you're like one of those freshmen that I got. You're like a Joseph Osai. Mm. It's like, I started watching. And football. you've been having me cover a flanker in the in the flat instead of blitzing me at the quarterback. I started watching football at 14, <laughs> but I saw you at 18, and I thought he can cover. What he covered Jordan Whittington, yeah, on a wheel route yeah. in the spring, which I've said I think was the worst thing that happened to this football team <laughs> in the ex- in the last year. That is actually really perceptive because Todd Orlando saw that and thought. Well, I can do anything with this. Todd's guy. like, oh, well, yeah. be- because he can, therefore he must. It's it's like having the top pasta chef you have at yes. a restaurant and saying, you're the best at this. Everyone knows it in the city, but you're such a good cook. Do the ribeyes tonight. Yeah. I noticed you make a good People, Bernays sauce. People, Exactly. People are coming for her pasta. That's, okay. a, that's exactly Just right. stick there I like until she, she opens up another place. Kevin made it a she in his example. You know why? Because I was thinking Mario Batali and Anne Burrell. Mm. He had Anne Burrell. And Mar- Anne Burrell is the sister of Scotty Burrell, Chicago Bull great. Right, Connecticut. And she went to UConn, too. She was actually a power forward for their uh, team. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. But if you saw her, you'd think she would. Was, oh. Outside of the height. Got a little Sue Bird but look to her. But the girth. Uh. Uh, but, yeah, no, she was crazy. I saw her in New York a couple times, including at Bobo. And I was like, whoa, you're out of control. You're very much Mario Batali, but the female version. But Mark Laudner was the guy who was the meat guy, and he really had all his things when he did Iron Chef set up. So Ann was doing pasta, Mark was butchering and doing meat, and I'm doing my deal, usually sauces and yada, yada, yada. That's awesome. You know, I'm thinking what our listeners are thinking right now, which is would we rather really hear about care. Would we rather hear about celebrity chefs I don't care about that. or baseball? All right, let's get into it. So, I mean, it is kind of weird that you've got a couple guys sitting out, including Buster Posey, and I'm glad I'm, I'm good transition. No, no, I wasn't an attempt at a transition, but oh. go ahead. Okay, I wasn't. Go ahead. I really don't care, especially because <laughs> we're in person now. Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about Buster Rhymes or whoever. <laughs> All right, uh, we're done. You okay? We're done. Yeah, like this podcast is over. No, we're done with my spiel. Oh, okay. All right. Do we want to talk? You gave me homework. Do we? Do we want me to show my homework now, or do we want to save that? 
I guess, I mean, I, I gave you homework, and I looked at it last night, and I started to look at stats, and I thought, this is not a stat deal. Paul and I have been UT fans our whole life. Yes. I'm not going to give you Bobby Lane stats. But but we and, will talk about it, because I want to highlight how football has changed. We No, and we can do that. Okay. But we have our top five Texas quarterbacks, so yes. let's start with that. Top five Texas quarterbacks of all time. All right, I'm going to go one and two right away. Oh, you're going to start at the top. Yep. And okay. if you disagree... One, you're racist. Mm. Two. So it's Colt McCoy. No. <laughs> it's, it's Stafford. It's, it's, more, it's more anti-Irish sentiment. Mar- it's Mark Murdoch. It's Mark Murdoch. Folks. No, if you don't think James Brown and Donovan Forbes are one and two, then uh, you are racist. Yeah, I thought you would try this. And now I have to argue it down. Uh-huh, argue it down. I'm, my number one is Renee Ramirez. <laughs> If only we'd had an Asian American quarterback at UT. If only, wow. if only Timmy Chang. We've had some walk-ons. University of Hawaii great Timmy Chang had yeah. played at Texas, who put up a lot of numbers. He put up big he was at Hawaii with June Jones and whoever. Why do you have to degrade him? You're right. All right. I had to couch it right away. All right. I couldn't just give the accomplishment as the accomplishment. I no. had to say. All right. So James Brown won. Donovan Forrest two. <laughs> no. Let's go through our top five. Let's start at five. Who's your fifth? All right. My fifth. And I'm, you're going to already give me grief for this. Just get over it. It's a tie. Oh, here we go. Because no, Three-way tie? Sims and Applewhite. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, and the tie is demonstrative of how football has changed. Okay. Because from a pure ability level standpoint, just being cold, neither of these guys is an all-time great quarterback. You couldn't play in today's game. Right. Right? But within their time, within their era, they were undoubtedly great leaders, great quarterbacks. They barely threw the ball. Uh, they didn't really run with the ball that much either, even compared to the modern game. But they were winners. They made some key plays in big games. And I'll start with the first guy is Duke Carlisle. Okay, Duke was on my list. National champion quarterback in 1963. Sort of the forgotten national championship, right? Because we have all the baby boomers always right. talking about 69-70. But Texas and was 63 a, was more than 70 because 70 is not a real national 70 was kind of like a, an Aggie-ish national championship. Well, they got their ass kicked by Notre Dame. My dad uh, told me that I knew this was going to happen. Every single day. Relax. So I would go. Wasn't yeah. that the game where Notre Dame was super dirty and kept diving at knees? Wasn't that the game? No, that was actually the 69 was, game when the 220-pound guard was hitting Walt Patilski. The 300-pound. Don't cross up your Polish guys. Patilski, because my dad lived with him, so I want to make sure I got it right. He was cutting him. And legally so. Cut blocking is legal. Move on. Well, then what was the cutting you're talking about? I was talking about they would that one of the things they would do, I think this is actually in 77, it was against Aikens. Every time he would run option, they would dive at his outside knee when he was about to pitch. Legal. Like helmet on the knee. Legal. Eh, I guess it was legal. But, yeah, if you want to win that way. In 77? All right, this is not a Notre Dame Fighting Irish legal. podcast. All right, so, yeah, 77, everything was legal. Both anyway, Tony Rice. Oh, God, we're not talking about Tony Rice. We definitely can't talk about Rocket Ismail. No, that. we can't. We know that. Get back to uh, get back to your. So Duke Carlisle, Duke. twelve and zero as a starter, played both ways. He was a safety. starting safety. Yeah. yeah, very good safety. He was actually drafted in the NFL as a safety. Uh, ended up getting injured and wasn't able to have an NFL career as safety. But twelve and zero. His his big game was in the Cotton Bowl, where he set multiple Cotton Bowl records as a passer against Navy. Against Navy, Navy was heavily favored, characteristic of all great DKR teams. They were ground-bound, very run-oriented, but in key moments, 
the quarterbacks would make these incredible passing plays that propelled the team to victory. Duke Carlisle did that in that Cotton Bowl, threw for over 200 yards, which back in those days was, that's like 500 yards. 500-yard game. That's Timmy Chang. To this day, still holds the highest yards per completion record in the Cotton Bowl. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I think the second play of the game was a 58-yard touchdown pass. All right. Who's your other guy with the five? James Street. Okay. So, very similar in the sense to Duke Carlisle. If you took James Street in the modern game, uh, he's not playing quarterback for you, right? Uh, but, obviously, he was the guy who understood how to run the wishbone. You had the superior athlete in Bill Bradley. But he didn't have the timing. He didn't have the feel for running the option or, or some of the, the sets. Bill Bradley, another quarterback who got drafted and did very well as a safety. And a very lengthy NFL career as a safety. Went on to become a college coach, defensive coordinator. Great guy, too. When I got back from LHM, we interviewed all those guys. And and he was actually at Baylor, I think, at the point at the time as a D.C. But could not have been cooler. I mean, it felt like he just got off the lake and had been drinking. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard he's a really good guy. (laughs) It was awesome. And James Street, of course, legendary Longhorn, beloved sort of Captain America type figure. A really a national figure, this clean-cut, charismatic, you know, humble guy that everyone liked. He was liked. then, yeah. And he had a potential in big games to really step up. Now, you do have to realize that he was playing in a certain context in a certain time period. Uh, you go back and look at his stats, not so great, right? No. A lifetime, uh, just to give you guys a context, uh, 10 touchdowns passing in his career, 24 interceptions. Right. So a different time. Obviously, and like Rocket, you can't get that. So. That's right. I can't get it. I can't understand it. I don't understand it. But apparently concept. you do with this because he's five. He is five. And I think that's going to cause a lot of consternation, particularly among a lot of older Longhorns who view him as an all-time great quarterback uh, who, who can't be impeached. But right. my argument is, yes, he was 20-0 and 0 as a starter. Yes, I know he was primary in, in really getting that wishbone engine revving. But if you go back and really look at the dominance of that team on both sides of the ball, he was a catalyst but he was not the driver. No. He's not on my list. Okay. Very so, good. Because of that. And, yeah. and, and, and I, so it's all about how you, how you take on a list. And I'm looking at this list very much as just straight up talent outside of how much you won. Oh, okay. So and you're going to be pure talent, not just context of the day or, or era. A little bit of the context, but not probably as much as you. Okay. Let's hear your five. Okay. Well, not five. I'll, I'll start. I'll start at five. How about that? Yes. Let's hear your number five. Okay. Yes. Well, you you, you said your five. And Sorry, I'm like, I meant your I'm number go five. Like, your sudden, fifth. I mean, this is Price is Right. I, I don't want anyone. <laughs> I don't want anyone to go a number one dollar. A number below me, <laughs> which is what I do on the afternoon show all the time. We'll we'll give stuff out there, and Brad will give a number, and I'll say you said eighteen. I'll say seventeen. Yeah. Perfect. It's fourteen. Well, I win, and you went over. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's very mature. Uh, all right, so uh, I was going the other way. Let me go through my five. All right, this is uh, a little out there, but number five, Major Applewhite. Wow. I've got an interesting Major Applewhite stat for you. I say, if you have a story, I've got more. Oh, I've, I've, I've got a couple of stories. You have more. <laughs> what, uh, what stat do you have? He has rushed in his lifetime as a Longhorn quarterback for negative 290 yards. <laughs> That is an all-time Longhorn record, and he averaged negative two and a half yards per carry. So, Kevin, what Will that you give means? Give me a second here to text someone. Absolutely, <laughs> knock it out. So he's texting Major right now. This is great. So, what that means is every time Major had the ball and decided to run, he had negative two and a half yards, which means Kevin and I could go into a college game 
and surpass his per carry average by simply running forward after the snap and maybe getting half yard? Yeah. Um, now we would be injured about four now, plays Now, there is in. Nebraska 99 where he did that and we won. Oh, he was dynamic so. on that play. <laughs> where he got ear holed. <laughs> and he's trying to dart left and right back. All right. Uh, I want you to make your case for Applewhite. He's not on my top five. Okay, his numbers alone um, in terms of passing yards and what he was able to do. And also, I am taking a little bit into context the fact that Texas was coming back and the fact that – so he could be there right there with Sims. And honestly, Sims was on the list. So was Duke Carlisle. So was James Street. Well, once we do our five, we'll do the, all, we'll do the honorable mention. We'll do the honorable mention. And all those guys were there. But at the end of the day, he really is the first one to really bring us into a legitimate 21st century passing game. And Makovic tried to. That's why Makovic was hired. You bring in Shane Marins and you bring in James Brown. Then you got your Richard Walton. It all moved to this point where Major is throwing for 473 yards against Washington his last game. Mm -hmm. And imagine that. You know, I mean, to where... He was legitimately, and, and I had some criticisms for Major. It's funny because he was really cool to befriend me because I had been on the air even in college saying that I think Chris Sims should probably get the start. Mm. And I was wrong about that because I was I, a lot of that was the 99 Nebraska Big 12 championship game, not yeah. the one where he's darting back and forth, killing out time. After Mike Jones. At, Mike Jones after Big Kwame hero. Cavill was holding on to Culver, I believe. Mm. Uh, whoever it was, the DB, and was literally like water skiing. And Mike Jones gets in there. Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers had obviously won that game against Rayoli in the middle of that line. Rayoli had pissed them off to add it up, uh, to add to any incentive they needed early on that week. The Big 12 championship game where those guys couldn't get open and Major didn't have the arm to fit stuff in, and I thought, we really need a bigger arm. And I, I, I was wrong about that, and Major and I laughed about that because – I think he showed at the end of the day that he would have been the guy, and if they would have built an offense around him and the type of arm he has, I think they would have gone farther than his last game at the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. What about the argument that Major was actually pretty injured and not very sound uh, during some of that period where Sims obviously came to the fore? Injured, I get. Sound, I would say, and this is probably me being too close to the person here, mm. but uh, we've had long conversations about it. Sound would be actually being going rogue and doing it the right way with whoever your boss is, mm. whoever's making the calls. Yep. So I think him checking out more than half the time and it shows with his winning percentage and Greg Davis until he got Vince Young was actually the right call. Yeah. And one like thing, I said, I may be too close on that. One thing to remember, though, major 22-8 and eight as a starter. And by the way, the record as a starter is not determinative of, of your ability, which we're going to get to later probably. Yes. Uh, but Sims did have a better record as a starter. He's he did. 26-6. Oh, no, I looked at it, and, and I Surprising. remember. So major and I are at, at the Nebraska game in 2002 in Lincoln. Yeah. And we're there in the press box. I'm watching it, and Sims is feeding – couple guys on the outside Roy Williams Roy Williams mainly on the outside he had a, had a, Sims had a great game he did and threw one pick really yeah because I remember after that game because Sims threw for like 384 touchdowns threw for a bunch and a pick Nebraska wins that game with Jamal Lord at quarterback Ugh. of all people I go to Rooster they were Andrews. already done yeah I went to Rooster Andrews after to go buy a football for something 
and there was a bunch of dudes and they were all saying like sims typical choke job and i was like choke job. the game was 38 35 yeah like sims wasn't the problem no i remember after the game looking at him and saying hey man i believe in sims a lot more and he and he Agreed. He said, you know what? This was a big step for him. Interesting. So I think both those guys are right there, and I'm probably putting too much of the new age stuff because I did look at Duke a lot. I looked at James Street, and you can't argue his record. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, when I'm just trying to appreciate a larger context and history of Longhorn quarterbacks. and we have I to, usually do that. I'm usually that guy too much. Era. But yeah. if you're arguing for pure talent and ability or – or the fact that I, I like your argument that he opened up the idea of a passing first he did. spread offense. He was the first Texas. guy. Yeah. Shea Marins was the guy we thought. And you know the year he really did it, it wasn't his freshman year. It was the second year. Yes. Where Texas was throwing every down, right? Right. All right. I'm, I Because they had to. Because it would have been Hodges Mitchell, right? Exactly right. In his first year in 99. When he's still eating banana rumbas. <laughs> and they didn't have wide receivers, which is why if you go to San Antonio and go to that game, you think I saw a game worse shit. than that, Kevin. We were locked down. Oh, I saw a worse game than that. What was that? I was there. Apple turnover. Ooh. Kansas State. Yeah. They beat our ass. Yeah, they did. Six they, turnovers. And they also got into his head, which hadn't happened a lot. Yeah, they also had a bunch of NFL dudes on their on their defense. And uh he Fair. got tired of getting hit by Mark Simino right in the mouth. Who's your four? My four? Sam Ellinger. Mine too. Current quarterback Mine of too. the Texas Longhorns. 20 and 13 record as a starter. So for those of you who are, oh, you know, all winning is just, you know, that's what defines a quarterback. Well, we, that's kind of gets into some Eli Manning arguments, doesn't it? Yeah. Because then you, you start to imbue some sort of greatness to a guy who was around and had a couple of hot playoff games uh, and then otherwise was kind of mediocre. I think Sam's the opposite. He had bad timing and really, frankly, as a freshman, uh, was trying his best for a program that was in disarray. Uh, as a sophomore, I think he really showed what he was capable of. Had a very good junior year, and I think the failings that he did demonstrate were often more about the scheme and about the the lack of originality on the offense. I think he's poised for a huge senior year. So I love Sam Ellinger. I think he's an all-time top-five Texas quarterback, and I don't think it's even debatable. Well, it is debatable, or else it's we wouldn't debatable, be, or else we wouldn't be having this conversation. But I have, I have people like to say it's not I debatable, and they don't too, want it debated, which is what I just did. Sorry. You can't debate it, but let's talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have Sam at four too, and that that could obviously change with the last year, but I do believe everything he's done, and that that really gets back for me to not what he's only won a Sugar Bowl, not that stuff. Kind of who are you as a player? Yes. And if Sam Ellinger was here in 87, we'd have been a lot better. There's no question about that. Right. And, and to give you some idea of eras and context, if you put Sam Ellinger on the 1969 Texas team, he would have been the biggest guy oh. in the backfield. He would have been bigger than several of the Longhorn defensive linemen. A lot of the awards that we talk about now, one or two would be named after him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. And Tim Tebow would have been the same thing oh, I mean, if he yeah. would have been back then. So would Cam Newton yeah, and been a unfair. lot of guys, you know. Yep. It's the Cam Newton Award. What is that? Just some big guy who runs a lot. Yeah, and who can run a 475. Four, yeah. So what's your number three? Number three is uh, this is a guy, God, I, I, I feel like I almost know him. And I never saw him. And I saw some video, but not even really not that much. So even some video guys where I can go back and look in the 70s and go, okay, I have a pretty good feel for Kenneth Sims or whoever. But my grandfather talked about this guy all the time. My grandfather thought this was the best athlete 
that God ever put on earth. Marvin Kristinik. Shannon Kelly. Ah, oh, perfect. Married uh, Mary Lou Retton. That's why. He thought the athleticism <laughs> also transferred into game. Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. That's who I've got as number three. Okay. You could make an argument for him as number one. Here's why you. I think you can't. A lot of Bobby Lane's greatness, and by the way, he was great at Texas. There's no debate about that. Uh, a oh, lot of his. We haven't been recording this whole time. Are you shitting me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That was so good. Uh, I want to do that on the phone. I wasn't but I sure. Hang. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to fly into a rage or kind of cry. Because it was because all this has been so good. Oh, this is we can't recreate. This, this. is B minus stuff. We, we can't can do that again. This. Get back to Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. Uh, a lot of his greatness. Obviously, he was great at Texas. That's not disputable. A lot of his greatness happened in Detroit, where he was the Tom Brady of his era, the ultimate winner. Yeah, drafted by Chicago. Took I know, which is I know. So so Chicago, literally, if you go back to their best, Eh, he seems overrated. So my dad, as a kid, would tell me, even with McMahon, he'd go, honestly, you know, the best quarterback we've had and only quarterback we've had was Sid Luckman. But they had Sid Luckman, Sonny Jurgensen, and. Uh, Bobby Lane all on the same roster that goes to show you so they had three the last time they ever had one they had three amazing yeah well so old Bobby led the Detroit Lions to three NFL titles it was the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns Otto Graham versus Bobby Lane when Bobby Lane retired in 63 he was the leading passer in NFL history he held every single record and within the context of that game you, that gives him some shine, yeah. but you have to separate that from the college performance, which is if you made a, a top five all-time Michigan quarterback list, Tom Brady's not on the top five. No. Right? But obviously he went on to greatness. Bobby Lane is a transitional argument between that, which is his greatest accomplishments actually happened in, in, the, in the NFL. But at Texas, he was 28-6 and six as a starter and a legendary guy, a legendary teammate, and uh, kind of famous as a guy, Kevin. Partier. Uh, a partier and a fighter, kind of famous as a teammate <laughs> yeah. that if you uh, weren't getting your job done, he would uh, take you out in the parking lot after the game and have another discussion with you. He was crazy. I mean, I've heard some baseball stories from him. So he's in College Station, right? And they are, and he's a badass pitcher, but I guess they get in a fight the night before and he messes up his knee. So he's going to pitch the next day, but he's got a really bad knee. And uh, it was knee or an ankle. Maybe, an, yeah, I think it was an ankle. And so, funny enough, the guy who was a kicker or punter on the football team was also the team manager for the baseball team. That'd be Rooster Andrews. Mm-hmm. So Rooster knows some core guys and goes out in the day of the game and gets an 18-pack of, of Schlitz, I believe, and ices it down. They're on the end of the dugout. And it would have been, not Bib Falk, it would have been, uh, who would it have been at that point? Billy Dish, who was more the gentleman and did not want any part of that. Dish knew what was going on and usually would roam the dugout, but stayed at the front of the dugout the whole time. And Bobby Lane goes out there, he's throwing. Every half inning he'd come back and he'd drink one and ice it down. Yep. And he ends up. Going out there and throwing a three-hit shutout. And then he drank. And finished it with shooting the finger to the Olsen Field crowd. And Billy Dish never went down there, and there was always the thought. Billy, it was almost like John Wooden. 
much less, obviously. Would rather not I, know. I know what's going on, but I'm going to go and turn the cheek. Sure. But those type of stories, and I've heard it from a lot of people. Got to love them. True or not. You just It adds to it, does it, it does. not? Well, so when he was in Detroit, Bobby Lane, while he's the quarterback, the glamorous guy, if you've ever uh, heard it, of the— Detroit was a good city back then. Oh, Detroit was the place to be, <laughs> right. right? And he, he was toast of the town. He was on Time Magazine. He's on the cover of Time Magazine, Kevin. And uh, later, of course, the Detroit Lions became sort of like a, a beloved team. George Plimpton did the yeah. famous Paper Lion book there, right? Right. And Bobby Lane, his stories were legend, and he had so many. And here's one of them. While he's at his height, he, kept, he keeps getting caught in prostitution stings. Oh, I've heard about this. And he keeps appearing before the judge, and the judge is like, Mr. Lane, <laughs> you are the toast of this town. You are a role model. We cannot keep having you appear in this court for prostitution stings. <laughs> and we keep dismissing it. We keep it out of the papers. But you cannot keep doing this, sir. And Bobby said, he takes a little moment, and he goes, Judge, the problem is, Every time you bait a trap with P, and you can fill in the rest of the word, you're going to catch old Bobby every time. (laughs) Judge broke out laughing. The whole court breaks out laughing. Judge hits the gavel, says, dismissed, Mr. Lane. Uh, You think Bobby would be canceled these days? Oh, Bobby would be canceled several times (laughs) over. Bobby would be thrown to an island in the Sharks. Yeah, he probably would not do great. Uh, But old Bobby Lane, Longhorn legend, number three on our list. And through two no hitters, I believe, or that may have been Street. Through a couple or one or two no hitters at Texas, yeah, was a badass pitcher. Too. Street was the better pitcher, if I recall. But I think Lane was a very good pitcher. Street was a better pitcher than quarterback, uh, and I think Street was a better pitcher than Lane. But they're pretty close on the baseball part. Yeah. But there's no doubt that Bobby was a much better. Bobby was better at both. Yep. Oh, really? Well, if, if you're going to count both. Oh, in totality. So I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it, so, Because Street would have been one of those guys, if he would have really chased it, he wanted to do, I think he was partying on his own from what I've heard after uh, after everything. But he could have been a Major League Baseball player, which is probably why his son really chased that. Yep, absolutely. And nailed it. What do you have for two? Colt McCoy. Me too. I don't think that's a tough one, man. 45 no. and 8 as a starter. Is 1 through 3 that tough? Because we obviously have the same ones. You know, well, we don't... obviously don't because 1. Well, 1 through 4. I have Donovan Forbes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's a good call. Uh, well, you probably probably Jimmy Saxon or something. You're probably trying to make a uh, – I'm virtue signaling. Okay. I, mean, I appreciate Donovan that. Forbes. That, that gives us some good coverage, Kevin. Yeah. We'll never get in trouble now. We'll see if you talk it down. <sighs> so, Colt McCoy, 45 and 8 as a starter. Amazing journey. The most prolific quarterback in Texas football history. 13,000 passing yards. Number two is at 8,000. That's Sam Ellinger right now. Uh, he has totaled something like 140 touchdowns, passing and rushing. I mean, a dominant college quarterback. Not yeah. even debatable. And uh, and it's really two years because 06, he was – the funny thing about 06, not funny, but you look back at 06, it was the last best offensive line or legitimate one Texas had. Yeah, it was the carryover from the national championship game. So you still had Sin Line, you still had Stutter, you still had Hills. Uh, you still had some guys that could really block. And you had I got to Jam- tell you a story about Jam- that. Hold on, Jamal Charles. Okay. You had all these guys, and you had the one versus two matchup, which yep. I laughed at. I mean, that was such a preseason bullshit one versus two. How about Ohio State? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, they may have been one or two. Yep. You lose number ten, we're not. No, no. But if you get Vince from 07 or 08 on that team, 
they probably win a national championship. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. Because that was a Chris Leak Florida team yes. who won that. Yeah, well, people try to portray it as a Tim Tebow team. It was Tim Tebow Tim running Tebow in on the goal line. Third and two. Yeah, it was Chris Leak. Chris, Absolutely. Tim Tebow, you can give 08 credit for. Yeah, no question. I'd give it for the the murderers that Urban had on that team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In every sense of the word. In every sense of the word, on offense and defense. But Tebow was 08. But 06 would have been the national championship team. But the fact that in 08 and 09, yeah. Colt and Jordan Shipley carried them there. Yeah. So Colt, it's everything. Colt, first time he runs into the huddle. He's obviously a redshirt freshman, his first game starting. He looks at that offensive line. And that and wasn't Ohio State. That was one game before. No, no, the right? game before. Okay. And it's Casey Stutter and all these guys, right? They're all hard-bitten, uh, scarred veterans, right? And Colt's like, all right, fellas, all right, fellas, let's have a little tempo. We're going to go down and score. And he's, like, giving him a little pep talk. And Stutter just goes, shut up, Colt. You're a moron. Just throw the ball. <laughs> I consider myself good friends with Casey. I completely believe that. Yeah. I don't even need to ask and him I think if that's Colt, true. Colt, to his credit, was like, all right. Oh, Sounds good. Right, let's do this. Let's do that. But Colt actually played very well that year uh, once he got his confidence and he got his 07 legs. was his worst year, but there was also the offensive line let him go with the AM game. Well, especially. I was talking about 06. Yeah. So 06, yeah, right. he had a good year. Um, he threw the ball well. He had some come from behind victories. Um, and then he just had to get his sea legs. 07, obviously, he struggled through 18 picks. There was serious start John Childs talk, as we've talked about. Yeah. But fortunately, we had that amazing 08 season where Colt McCoy was automatic, completed over 70% of his passes. He and Shipley, Shipley finally, after four years at Texas, yeah. finally exploded on the scene. With Cosby. With That's Cosby. What 08 had that 09 didn't. And I'll say this, so 09 didn't even need that because Alabama's double-covering Shipley yep. with Garrett. Uh, what's his nuts? Uh, they had Barron at safety. No, 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 not Mark Barron. Uh, who was the – Garrett Gilbert. Oh, yeah, yeah. At yeah, quarterback yeah. for yeah. a lot of that game. And they're still 24-21 at that point. And they couldn't cover Shipley double-covering no, that was, with Mark Barron. That was early Alabama. They didn't quite have their personnel yet. No. And, in fact, Saban was surprised to win that national title. He, he should have been. He said that. That would have been, and I said it going into the game, and it pissed off a lot of Texas fans. Whoever wins this will not be ever thought of. As a great national champion. Not even close. I think that's right. In fact, it'll go the other way that you think, you know what? 04 Auburn should have been an 09. Mm. To where you think about teams that should have won it, yeah, yeah. and they should have been in that year, and they would have blown it away. Yeah, I mean, not not all I still, national. I, I'd take it, though. Oh, I'm not I'll, saying I'll I wouldn't take it. take a cheap it. national yeah. title any day yeah, of the week. Any, Who yeah, cares? I'll take it. But yeah, that's, that's what unfortunate. Alabama's built on. But Colt, man, an awesome career, a absolutely dominant college quarterback. Yeah, he was. So number one, it's obvious. So our top four are the same. Yeah, top four are the same. You've got seven number fives. I have um, two number fives yeah, tied. Okay. Uh, you know what? And I can't argue with those. Are you okay with Major being fifth for me? It's debatable. We can we can talk about in the honorable mentions as well. There's okay. some other decent cases. Uh, but well, your two are in mine. Yeah, so. yeah, I think so. I mean, I think um, it's just how you judge it within context. But I, I like your argument that Major introduced the passing game and the spread. And that's kind of what what it is for me. Vince is number one. There's nothing close. And now if Colt would have won a national championship, that'd be right there, right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is if you're talking about a single game and you're betting your life on it, who do you want lined up at quarterback at their peak? The answer is Vince Young. Yeah. I mean, it just is. And uh, 
I'll say this, take it for what it is. If you've listened to me forever, you either think I'm objective or not. So I take that for any team in college football. Yeah, at the college level, he's as dominant a quarterback. As and there's no as other Texas player, I think, at a position that I'd take. What are you talking about, Kevin? Ricky or Earl? I may, but I, but for me, I'd take Barry Sanders as a tailback from everything I've seen. Yeah, college. I mean, college Barry Sanders is illegal. That's what I'm saying. College. It was ridiculous. I'm talking college. Yeah. I don't think there's any other position. Actually, there is one. I'll take Michael Dixon over Shane Leckler. <laughs> All right, yeah. And Ray and, Guy. Yeah, and Ray Guy, who I never saw. But outside of that, maybe an Earl Thomas. But there's, I'm not being Texas homer here. And I've heard enough people across the country say, no, Vince would be my guy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable dominant player. When the light turned on, it really happened in that Rose Bowl against Michigan where I was proud to be there. I actually saw that game in person. Thanks, Steve Foy. Uh, he got me tickets on the 50-yard line. It was an amazing game. When you saw that performance, because remember, it had been a little rocky for Vince before that. And when you saw that and the light turned on, I was like, it's over. You mean the A&M game? No, no, no. I'm talking about the Michigan game the previous year. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, the, gotcha. I mean, actually, the same year. Yeah. If you, but when I saw that light turn on, I was like, oh, this junior season is going to be sick. Yeah. And we're not getting him for a senior season. Well, early third year when he parked – or, sorry, early third quarter when he parked the 80-yarder against Michigan. Oh, yeah. And that was that was unbelievable. He's outrunning Leon Hall yeah. and NFL defensive back. Who, if you time them taking in a forty, ang- right? Or taking angles had on a him. better time than him. They did. They were taking angles that were appropriate, and they're looking like, like, you know, when Ryan Nunez ran past John Tyler <laughs> on a on a pitch route. Wow. And they're looking at, you know, Nunez and the Westlake guy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got it. It took one possession for them to get those angles right. Yeah. That was a fun 80-yarder he parked on that first one. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Vince, invincible, 30-2 and two as, a, as a starter. Uh, if he'd come back as a senior, I'm convinced it would have been 13-0. Yeah. That one's tough, too, because the he really thought the reason he went out, and I've talked to him about this privately, and I said, hey, man, are you just BS? And he's like, no. He's like, I would have come back if I didn't think that my hometown was not going to take me. Wow. So almost if he would have gotten the fact that Norm Chow and Jeff Fisher and the Titans are going to take him, yep. then it would have been a little different. But they took, I believe, Texans took Mario Williams, right? NC State. Yeah, they did Mario Williams. And, of course, Reggie Bush yeah. went as well. Yeah, I tell you what. Let's talk about a little bit of the freedom that Vince Young gave us. I want to talk a little bit about financial freedom, Mr. Dunn, because we know a guy named David McClellan who can offer some of that for our listeners. Yeah, and if you've had your retirement plans derailed, or maybe you don't even know, but you're just looking for an assessment, a free health check on where you're at and where you want to retire, then David McClellan is your guy. He's a guy who's a three-time national champion swimmer. Here. Not shabby. Not shabby at all. And and the swimmers here that I know, they work their ass off. Yep. Right? They, they, those were the guys that were at a party, and you go, oh, do you guys want to go to, uh, you want to go get something to eat, you know, here late? And they're like, no, I have to get up in four hours. No, I'm swimming two hours tomorrow <laughs> continuously. In four hours. Yeah, exactly. Really? You're that guy? Yeah, David- when, you, when you can marry that work ethic with uh, a high-level brain, <laughs> that, you got something. You got something, and that's what David has. He's a fiduciary financial advisor from Foreign Financial. 
He does practice uh, financial life coaching, specializes in that, also retirement planning. So if you're looking for that financial freedom number, that's the big one. You got to give them a call because they can save you a lot, whether it's a Roth, uh, 401 account, or there's different things, whether you own a small business, they can save you a lot of money. Paul, I think the reality is a lot of people don't realize what they could be saving. It's a free call. Just call him. Just give him a call. He can help you out. And uh, it costs you nothing, and it could make you everything. It could make you a lot of money yeah. and save you a lot of money. We're kind of in that spot right now, aren't we? Yeah, we kind of are. We're, I mean, because I, I, I've had people calling me and saying, what should I do with this? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, we know someone who knows. Yeah. Give them a call. What's I that number? Know. 312-933-8823. 312-933-8823. Or you get online, email them, dmcclellan at formfin, F-I-N. Dot com. All right, we got our quarterbacks out of the way. Actually, do we want to hit our honorable mentions very quickly? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so I think one guy we got to talk about, James Brown. If James Brown had played in a different time, in a different era, in a different spread offense, I think he could have been a good quarterback. I mean, a really good quarterback. Okay. I mean, you got to remember, Kevin, when he was a freshman and a sophomore, he was dynamic. He was. He was always inconsistent. He was in an offense doing seven-step drops. He was. He was. Uh, I I like James Brown. And a lot of what I talked about with Major, Shea and James, especially James, yeah. brought in. Again, I'm, I'm so not saying he it. lit it up. He his, wasn't that accurate. His, his so. junior and senior years, it fell apart a little bit. But I can tell you in a different context, in a different offense, I think he could have been a different player for Texas. I really yeah. do. But I, I think James Brown would have been Jameis at Texas. Oh, interesting. Jameis Winston this last year. I think he would have been a 30-30 guy. Huh? I think the touchdowns would have gone way up. It would have been exciting. Yeah. Oh, no. It would have been exciting as hell. I mean, the fact that the guy had the coin tosses he did. Yeah. I mean, even the Baylor one. So, the Baylor coin toss where they lost 23-21. Where uh, I was at that game. We don't have a quarterback sneak in the game plan. Yep. That one. Where his senior year, Texas won't do the on-field mic live anymore because of that oh that's hilarious yeah so another guy beloved quarterback obviously i I forgot what it was what did he say it was like you know you guys want to call heads or tails we're gonna call heads and we're gonna fuck your ass up (laughs) i forgot what it was like whoa 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 yeah this is a wendy's craig or bill shoning came on ah yeah exactly well so another guy beloved guy not a, a great but uh, father of Charlie Brewer, Robert Brewer. Yeah, I know. Uh, Robert worked for my dad for a long time. Really good Longhorn quarterback. Walk-on, uh, maximized his ability, and one of the most effective passers of that era because he knew his limitations. Yeah. Robert is such a humble guy that yep. growing up, I literally thought he was just dog crap because yeah. he would tell me that. He worked with my dad at Merrill Lynch. Robert is one of the – people say this all the time. He gets so old. He's top three nicest person I've ever met in my whole life. Yeah. I met a lot of people. Robert yeah. is incredible, just incredible human being. But I literally had to kind of learn how good he was after that. Yeah. Well, another guy to if you've never seen this, and I'm enough of a Longhorn nerd to have done this, Eddie Phillips, the so successor to James Eddie's Street. Eddie's honorable mention for me. He was seventy. A, he was a better, pure practitioner of the wishbone than than Street was. Yeah. And that's just factual. Go back and watch those films. He's faster. He's he's quicker. And he's slicker. And he was 15-2 and two as a starter. And obviously that 1970 team was a load 
Uh, and he played well in some big games, just like any Daryl Royal quarterback of that era had some big pass plays in some key games. Yeah. Rick McIver, does he make the list for you at all? Big arm. Big obviously talent. Obviously, the 83 AM game in College Station, the second half. Yes. And where they're lighting him up. Yep. Yeah, Rick McIver was a great talent. Just God, never Texas, put it together. Why didn't Texas get it at that point? They just Why wasn't it? that the 92 Florida State, Mark Richt, and actually Brad Scott's the OC, Mark Richt's the quarterback. They're down to Miami, and they had to go to shotgun, and they yep. had to go to hurry up and yep. fast break. And they realize, even in a loss, this is us. Texas won that game 45-13 around there. Why didn't they get it at that point? This is the future. Let We're Texas. Let's run with this. Texas was prehistoric. And even when they tried that to go. that game, they opened it up. I, but then they instantly reverted. No, I know. I know. The reason they won 45-13, and thought there's no way they're going to be throwing here. And, and McIver's throwing bombs everywhere. The whole goal in that whole era, and I remember Ugh. it as a little kid, the whole era was you want to win the game 16-7. to I just remember it. It was ugly. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone back, so I've had Kellner, BK, 1-0 podcast. Check it out with Joe Cook. I've had Brad go back and look at stuff, and he just loves history. He loves sports. And he said, hey, man, I don't mean to be rude here, but some of this, you know, I watched the 90 Texas-Colorado game or OU game, and I know you're fired up about it, and it was awesome, but – God, there were a lot of boring plays. I go, yeah. Oh, yeah, 90% was triple option, <laughs> pullback dive. Darian Hagan. In forces the pitch, and, yeah. you know, tackle comes in with a linebacker, and it's a two-yard gain. I go, yeah, there's a lot of that was boring. I even watched Michigan-Colorado uh, Hail Mary game 94. Yep. The year or the week before they came to Austin, 34-31, Neil Voskerichian. Yep. Tony Bracken's hitting Makovic, knocking him out. I don't remember. I haven't been the same guy. I've been in a, f- I've been in a, a haze. I've been in a haze. A was fog, that his word? Was that he said? A fugue. I haven't been my guy. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have had, you would have had yeah, dynamic offense, right? Sean McVay calling exactly. Uh, so I, it's funny going back and looking at it that it, it kind of was it was pretty boring back then. Now also, I'll watch games. I'll watch an Ohio State Purdue game, and I think, can you throw that screen one more time, or oh, am man. I done? Yeah, it's the same as a fullback dive. It's yeah, just yeah. different play. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. Yeah, I mean, football's evolved, it, and uh, that it has. It's interesting to watch. But yeah, that's our rundown of the top five Texas quarterbacks. If you want to give us some feedback, oh, we left out Marty Akins, who is, certainly deserves an honorable mention. Marty Akins is right in there. Um, but that's our take on the top five Texas quarterbacks. You yeah. guys, let us know where you differ. I bet we're gonna get some feedback on uh, Street wasn't on your list. He was number five on mine. Yep. Uh, I think some people who are baby boomer era are going to be shocked by that. Right. But, you know, that's kind of how we're, Kevin and I fall on this. Where's David Ash? Yeah. You know what? David Ash could have been a very good quarterback if he kept progressing, and Brian Harson had him playing pretty good balls as a he sophomore. Did. Yeah, if he could have stayed healthy. All those concussions and the regression of the program. And the baby boomers, for sure, are going to be the ones that have come back and go, Kevin, Paul. You, you just don't yeah, get it. You don't, you don't understand it. the electricity on campus. Do you know who the 32 quarterback was? No, I don't. I'm going to play Chad Hastings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually have no idea. All right, man, we're like uh, 48 minutes through this, so it flies by, doesn't it? It does fly by. You uh, got to go do some radio, don't you? I do, but we've got a minute or two. What do you want to finish with? Well, first of all, you guys need to go buy the Thinking Texas Football Preview. I know. If you haven't made that investment, hey, I'm telling you guys, I understand that the college football season – Eh, it's possibly looking rocky or it could start late or anything it like that. It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. 
it's going to happen at some level. And the preview itself is written as a state of the program. If, if you want heights, weights, and some stats, go grab a media guide or go buy a Lindy's. But if you want to dive in deep on the program and really understand where we are and why we're here and why Tom Herman has 70% new faces in his coaching room, go buy this preview. I promise you, once you read it, you're going to understand a lot of stuff about the program that you might not have known. Give us a little nugget here. You've talked a little bit about it, but give us something. Well, I, I did give you the nugget that blew your mind of Sam Ellinger has the second or the third most career catches of any Longhorn receiver. Yeah, that does blow my mind in a yeah. bad way. How much hope do you have for Tariq Black? A little bit. I actually think there's a reasonable bet you can make on him. If you can recover Ooh, his he health. He was healthy. He was good. He's a, he's a solid player, and he's kind of what we need. He's mentally tough, and like, that's something this offense needs. I liked him more than Peoples-Jones. Really? When first, yeah, when they first came in, I mean, Peoples-Jones was the number one guy, but Tariq Black was a big-time recruit. He was a big those deal. guys coming with the hardball offense, I thought, okay, let's see this open it up, and it's taken a little while for him to do that. He had to get the Alabama cat, the OC, last year, and – Patterson never really worked for them. So yeah. I, I want to see if McCaffrey actually works for them. That's a side story. But Black is a guy that I think is going to come in. Any other wide receivers, assuming Brendan Eagles wants to stick around? Yeah, I think uh, Whittington, if he's healthy, can be a real force. You've got to play him correctly, and you've got to hunt mismatches. You can't just stick him out and play him as a conventional receiver. You've got right. to move him around and hunt for matchups. All right, Trey is getting up here. I appreciate it. The fact that you got in here during COVID-19 says a lot about you. I have a clean reputation. You do. You do. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm not even talking about, like, hands. Oh, okay. I'm talking about just other stuff. The fact that you got up here is good stuff. Trey and I, uh, well, we worked on that a little bit. It's good to have you here. Go get your book one more time. How do they get it? Thinking Texas Football. If you want the hard copy, just go on Amazon. You can order it. You'll have it in your hands in 48 hours. If you want the e-version, just go buy it wherever you can buy an e-book. Apple, Smashwords. Obviously, I get a little better cut, a little better taste there. Mm. So if you want to help me out, go buy it on Smashwords, or you can go buy it on Apple, Amazon, whatever. But if you want that hardcover paperback, order it on Amazon. It'll be in your hand in 48 hours. Go get it. Thanks, y'all. All right, my man.